Let us pray. God eternal, we come to you seeking your face. We come to you this morning with so many different things on our hearts and on our minds, and we ask that you would help us to focus, that your Holy Spirit would speak to our lives and into our hearts, and that we will know that you are here and in this place and listening to us and loving us deeply. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. This is such an interesting time. Uh, COVID-19 is this history-defining moment, and I often tell my kids that this is a turning point in their lives. It will shape how they live their life, much like previous generations who have experienced pandemics or wars or for those who have survived natural disasters. There is one thing that is true for all of us in this time. Whether you are a child or a senior, there is a collective grief that we are all experiencing in this moment. We're going through the stages of, of grief, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. But now it isn't only the pandemic that we have to worry about. We see protests about racial inequality and systemic racism. We have the bombardment of politics, both on the Canadian and American side. We have natural disasters happening, fires and hurricanes. The human psyche can only take on so much disaster and trauma. And so that's why there are so many experts who are concerned about the mental health of people through this time. There, there, there may very well be people who will have PTSD from 2020, from everything that we've experienced. There is a question that reverberates through my very being and through my mind, and that is, where is God in all of this? We all have our own way that we will respond to God. There are ways that we might identify our current situations with God. For some, what is happening in our world is a harsh punishment from an angry father because we've missed the mark. We deserve it because we're sinful and wicked and annihilation is coming. We're so wicked that there's no hope for us and our world will continue to be destroyed until we repent of whatever it is that we've upset God with this time. For others, these are natural consequences of our fallen world. This is the result of what happened in the Garden of Eden. This is the darkness of our world, and God is the light, and that God is a loving God who is guiding and loving us through this difficult season. One thing is very true. We often project our daddy issues or our mommy issues onto God. How we view God in some cases is how we view our father or our mother. Or maybe it's the opposite. When we look at God, we want to see the parent, the mother, the father that we never had, 
but we wished we always did. But I'm interested in thinking about what would shift in our minds and in our thinking if we began to think of God not as a binary of male or female, rather as God as our loving parent, a parent that has both the qualities of fathers and mothers. There's a beauty in the balance when we look to God to be our loving parent. There is one thing that is true. When we are hurting or when we want comfort, what we will often say or think is, I want my mom or dad, depending on who you're closer to at the time. In this time of COVID-19, natural human disasters, and the gong show that seems to be 2020, I keep thinking about the fact that I want God as my mom to comfort me, to hold me, to protect me. Jesus tells us in John 16, verse 7, that when he leaves, that the Holy Spirit will be sent to be our helper, our comforter, our advocate. These are things that I attribute to being a mom because these are the things that I do as a mom. I've kissed countless boo-boos. I've chased away scary monsters in the night. I've held my child who cried because they felt excluded at school. And I've advocated very hard for my children with disabilities. And I continue to do each of these things every day. Yes, these are things that a father can do too. I'm not saying that that's the case, but these are things that I do as a mom, and so I equate them as being a mom. What if instead of putting God in a box that includes all that we know now as toxic masculinity, the idea that real men don't cry, real men dominate, real men wear the pants in the relationship, real men are tough, punishing, and built like power bodybuilders, that is toxic masculinity. But we can also point out that there are forms of feminism that are hateful and toxic too, that seek to put down the male gender. These are the extremes of gender biases that we hold on to, but has no place when we look at God as our parent. Some of my most favorite scriptures are the ones that show God's softer side. Although I'd argue it is just as difficult and challenging to show mercy than to show powerful, forceful retribution, what if we looked at God as mother, or a parent if a mother is too far forward for you? I get it. But I'm asking, how can God be a mother to us in our time of need? Genesis tells us that we are all created in the image of God. Maleness and femaleness is a part of the image of God. That means that God contains all the range of attributes that human beings have on earth. This is the place to fight against toxic masculinity. This is the place to fight against hateful feminism. This is the intersection where we find ourselves fully human, beautiful, and flourishing by the power of the Holy Spirit, living into the life that God has called us into and allowing God to shape us into their likeness, not in extremes, but in the balance. 
Jesus' life shows that God is a God who suffered. Jesus is a suffering God. Through everything that he experienced in life, God was always, always with him. Where is God in the midst of COVID-19 with those who are oppressed racially, with those who are mourning the loss of loved ones or homes or jobs or anything else? God is here in the grief we are experiencing. And how do we respond to this grief? Well, some of us will deny that going through all of this is even worth calling grief. It's just an illness or a lost job, except that this pandemic has caused us to lose our finances, to lose our ability to see friends and loved ones, and robbed us of our physical closeness. Racial inequality leaves people feeling even more isolated. Hate divides, and grief, no doubt, is there. Maybe we're praying something along the lines of, God, if you just heal my family member or get me a job, then I'll do this for you. We bargain with God all the time. We try to do this give and take that we think that we can play a game, but God doesn't play that game with us. God knows that there is joy to be found in the midst of suffering. In connection with the triune God, patience is a blessing, eventually. Maybe you're angry with God. That's something that we as Christians don't really talk about. But we do get angry with God. I get angry with God anyway. We need to accept that we can be angry with others. We can be angry with God. And that anger is sometimes justifiable and okay. We sometimes shy away from anger, but anger helps us deal with things. If we process the anger and work through it, then we find something better on the other side. Even Jesus got angry and overthrew the tables in the temple. Being mindful that we need to make sure that our anger does not pass hurt onto others, but rather it is an emotion that can guide us to the truth of Jesus. And Jesus shows us his gentler side when we look at our scripture this morning and also it's also found in Luke 13:35 and he says oh Jerusalem Jerusalem the city that kills prophets and stones those who are sent to it how often would i have gathered your children together as a hen gathers her broods under her wings and you were not willing Jesus isn't afraid to use typically feminine images here to show that that he wants to help and interact with people. I can hear the disappointment in his voice, perhaps even some righteous anger. The next stage that we may go through is that we can get depressed. These past few weeks, I've heard from so many people that they feel like all their energy is gone. Some feel hopeless that COVID will never end, that people of color will always sustain abuse from our systems that are so slow to change. But that makes it impossible for them to rise. People are missing physical connection with others. 
I can say for myself, physical contact is my love language. It's one of the most difficult things about this time of COVID for me. Because I want to hug my friends, hold a loved one's hand, and rub the back of someone who needs comfort. And I want others to do that for me. And the loss of physical connection is super difficult for me. And it's increased my depression. And I'm not ashamed to admit that. Because it's not a sin to be depressed. To need, it's not a sin to be depressed or to need to talk to a therapist and work through the hard things in our lives. I love Jesus and I'm thankful for the medicine that keeps me balanced. And finally we come to acceptance. Acceptance that we are not in control. The illusion of control is something that we as humanity love to think that we have, but we don't. We have choices to be made, but control? Absolutely not. This took me a long time to figure out through my battles with mental health and to my struggles with perfectionism and the way that I looked at God. These were all things I had to come to some sort of acceptance. J.R.R. Tolkien wrote the book, The Lord of the Rings, and in it, Bilbo Baggins writes a book about his adventures and titles the book, There and Back Again. That's sort of what grief is like. This isn't something that you get over. You don't get over the loss of a spouse, a child, a friend. You will have moments of grief that will, re that will last you the rest of your life. You'll go through these stages separately, together, in order, out of order, and all over again. But we can find a solace in our grief because the Bible is full of the promise that God is near to the brokenhearted, that he will protect us like a mother lion and shield us as a mother hen. So where is God in the midst of COVID-19? Where is God in the middle of protests where is God in the natural disasters? God is a suffering God. So God is right there with us. With the person fighting the illness, with the tired nurses and doctors who are working hard to help heal the sick, God is there with our teachers and our students. God is there with the oppressed and the marginalized. God is there because God is a suffering God. God came to bind up the brokenhearted, to heal the sick, to call people to life everlasting. I want to end this talk by reading the words of a hymn called Womb of Life and Source of Being. I love the words because I've always grappled with the image of God and how everything is so masculine and everywhere that I've been raised has only ever used masculine images of God. And as a woman, I've wondered, how am I made in the image of God? If God is an old vengeful man going around smiting the earth, where is the love? As I've read more and studied through seminary, I've searched the scriptures and I see that God is not bound by gender theory. God is God, and God is our parent. So, 
womb of life and source of being. Womb of life and source of being, home of every restless heart. In your arms the world awakened, you have loved us from the start. We, your children, gather round you at the table you prepare, sharing stories, tears, and laughter. We are nurtured by your care. Word of flesh and brother Jesus, born to bring us second birth. You have come to stand beside us, knowing weakness, knowing earth. Priest who shares our human struggles, life of life and death of death, risen Christ, come stand among us. Send the Spirit by your breath. Brooding Spirit, move among us. Be our partner. Be our friend. When our memory fails, remind us whose we are, what we intend. Labor with us. Aid the birthing of the new world yet to be, free of servant, Lord and master, free for love and unity. Mother, brother, holy partner, father, spirit, only son, we would praise your name forever, one in three and three in one. We would share your life, your passion, share your word of world made new, ever singing, ever praising, one with all and one with you. God, our parent, father, mother, sister, brother, thank you for being outside these realms of gender theory and for being our parent and for being the one who sustains us. Thank you that we are made in your likeness and that when we are grieving, we can come to you, to know you, to seek you, to be found in you, and to be loved by you. You are an amazing God, and we are so thankful that you have called us to be your own. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.